What's going on 1130? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining us today as we are in week three of a series we're calling Love Handles. Before we dive into today, can you guys help me welcome everybody at our Lighthouse Point location, everybody watching online. Man, we love you guys. So glad to have you guys with us today. And I'm privileged to have my bride of 22 years, the love of my life, the most beautiful woman in the world, Shayla here. Joining It'll be me, interesting. Joining be interesting. me on stage today as we dive into week three of this series we're calling Love Handles. And just so you know, today is going to be a little bit more practical than, than some of the other weeks just because, you know, one of the things that really caught me off guard was, is, is I put out a poll last week, which you guys heard about as I talked about last weekend. And uh, the overwhelming thing that they said, the reason why relationships end, uh, you know, I told you it was selfishness, but you guys said over and over and over again, communication, lack of communication. You guys just said that there are some issues in relationships when it comes to the things that we're talking about. And, and so we want to give you some practicality to that today. So whether you're, you're single and you're ready to mingle, whether, whether you're single and, and you don't want to mingle with anybody, you're married happily, you're married and you're struggling. Maybe you just recently went through a divorce. We want to help you out this weekend and talk to you about something that we think is so, so important when it comes to relationships and how do you manage the drama and the tension that is out there. Rita Rutner, who's a comedian, she said this when talking about marriage, there is nothing better than committing to one person that you're going to annoy for the rest of your lives. Come on, married people, Amen. you know what I'm talking about. It's like nothing better than that. And isn't it the little things in relationships that just get us all jacked up? It's the little things that get us all messed up. Like for instance, and I promise you, in every relationship there is tension when it comes to one subject and one subject in particular, and it's this right here, toilet paper. Does it go over or does it go under? It is the great debate. Okay, okay, wait, wait, before you all, I know Lighthouse Point, I'm sure you're, you're yelling it out right there. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna show by a show of hands. How many of you guys, you're under people, like it goes under, come on, loud and proud, what? under people, come on, spouses are raising their hand, okay, okay, where are the over people, where are the over people, okay, oh. <laughs> wow, a lot of over people here, Lighthouse Point, I don't know what it's like for you, but I just want to let you know, I went online and looked at the patent for toilet paper, and there is actually a proper way toilet paper goes on, and for all of you out there, it's over, <laughs> so under people, you're officially wrong. But no, wait, just... wait, wait, wait. There's, there's some other people that are like my people, and you are these people. Who are these people? Come on, identify yourselves right now. Come on. Like, what is it? It's like how... if, if, if you know how to do it right, I'll let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. A another point uh, of contention in, in your homes. How about this one right here? All right, where's, where's all the people that like it warm in the house? The warm people. Oh, wow, there's... Okay, this is a, this, right. is, this is why they chose Florida to live. Okay, where's all the, like, cool people, the cold people? You guys all love church every single weekend. <laughs> every weekend, because I'm, I'm this person. Like, put it at 65, and I'm still hot, so... Like, there is the cold war happening in our <laughs> house over, over this right here. It's the constant tension. All right, what, what about this one? The car radio. Who controls the car radio? Who controls? The person driving? Come on, come on, let's be real. Okay, it's the not real the person answer, driving, the real it's not the passenger, it's your kids that control the car radio. 
They control Kids the radio. Control that is, the radio. We, that's we know the reality what's up. of life. Here, here's the reality. We, we all wrestle with some different tensions when it comes to relationships. I, I like what Rodney Dangerfield said. He said, my wife and I were happy for 20 years and then we met. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's horrible, terrible. horrible. This is a relationship <laughs> series. So. And I think we can I think we can laugh at these things and they're funny things that we, you know, we find little tensions in. Sometimes it's real frustration, I think, with the toilet paper. But anyways, but I think we can look around at life. We can look around at other relationships, other marriages. Maybe you've gone through a difficult breakup or you've been part of a family that's gone through a difficult divorce or you're struggling in your relationship. And I think it's so easy to look around and to begin to ask ourselves a lot of times, is it even possible to have a healthy relationship? Like, is it even possible to sustain a loving relationship, a healthy relationship, a good marriage? Because I think in this world, there's so much brokenness that's happening around us. I was actually at an appointment the other day and I was talking to this lady and she goes, oh, how long have you been married? And I said, we've been married 22 years. And she goes, do you still like him? I said, actually, I do, probably more so now than I ever have. And she was like, gosh, that's just so rare. Yeah. But you know what? She's right because I think we look around and, and there's frustrations and there's things that get us questioning like, can I even have a good marriage? Can I, can I look around and can I have what that person's having? And it's, I think it's the struggle is real. And so I think that there's an issue that we all face and it's this lack of communication. And I think communication is so huge in, in, in order to have successful relationships. Dr. Gary Smalley actually said this. He said, communication is the essence of relationships. In order to have good relationships, we have to figure out how to have good communication in our marriages, in our parent-child relationships, in our friendships. There's so much in relationships that comes down to the power of communication. Yeah, and, and, and think about all the scenarios that we just gave. What, why is there frustration there? Because there hasn't been effective an active communication that is taking place. And so uh, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter five, verses 30 and 31, it says, a man will leave his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. And it says, this is a great mystery. And anybody that's been married knows this, this is true. It's a great mystery how all of this works. Yep. But it says, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And, and so this is what I know. Marriage isn't just this thing that is thrust on us in society and this idea of relationships, but it is possible for us to have healthy, yeah. vibrant loving, kind, great relationships. And, and the model for that is the way that Christ loved the church. And what you have to understand in order to have that dynamic and understand when you're communicating with one another, we are two different people coming together to kind of be one. And here's the deal. We have different upbringings, we have, we have different maybe uh, financial backgrounds. We have, different, we have different perspectives because we see the world in a different way. And because there's gonna be tension in there, we've gotta learn how to communicate. And when we're communicating, here's what we have to always put in the back of our mind and remember. We have to remember that we're actually on the same team. 
when we're two trying to become one, like we have the same goals, we have the same values, we have the same uh, aspirations that we're gonna have a healthy, loving marriage. And so that when there is tension and we have some differing viewpoints, we have some different uh, vantage points in the relationship, I'm not fighting Shayla, I'm actually trying to figure out, man, how do we, how do we see that we're on the same team here trying to get the same objective and the same goal? I think there, this is where a lot of us get lost in recognizing that we're trying to like win our battle instead of realizing the same that the end result that we want is that health of our relationship. So there's actually some marriage experts that do a ton of research on couples, and their names are Jeff and Shawnee Feldman. And they did research on couples that were in crisis or troubled relationships. And it's so interesting. They actually found that 98% of them, when asked if they care about their spouse, answered yes. So 98% of people that were in a troubled or crisis relationship, and you're asking them, do you care about your spouse? They, 98% of them said yes. But the interesting part is that only 58% of the people who responded to the question, does your spouse care about you, that they responded with the word yes. So everybody in the scenario in crisis relationship, 98% of them are saying, I care about the other person. But on the flip side of that, the, per, the person on the other side is going, I don't know if they care about me. And so it, it's so interesting. And so there's something that's breaking down in the relationship where it's like, I care about you, but the other side isn't feeling it. So they dug a little bit deeper and they asked one more question. They said, what's the one thing that you wish your spouse knew? And most men answered that I love her. And most women answered that he is my hero. So these couples that are in trouble, but deep down, there's actually an acknowledgement of we're on the same team. There's an acknowledgement of I care about them or I love them and I want them to know this. So there's an acknowledgement that they're on the same team. So if you're in this room today and you're feeling like there's tension or there's a breakdown happening in relationship, the reality is 98% of you care about the other person. It's just we have to figure out how to get the other person to feel that so that there can be a restoration that's happening in relationship. So how do we move forward with the idea that we're on the same team and how do we communicate differently so that we can get a different outcome. And we wanna give you some keys today to unlocking some keys of communication in your relationships. So the first one is this, if you're taking notes, is you've gotta to learn to communicate regularly. And this is a big, big Huge. deal because there's a lot of talk that's happening in, in marriages and in families but there's very little communication that's yep. actually happening. Yep. There's a lot of activity, there's times, but there's and not intentionality. And, and so what this means is that you've gotta make this a priority. In fact, the latest research says the average married couple in America today spends a total of four minutes communicating on a daily basis with each other. And, and that's, we're wondering- That's without kids, without cell phones, Yeah, yeah, without... I'm gonna define all that for them. Sorry. We're, gonna, we're communicating right here. <laughs> So what that means is, is, is what they're saying is, is they're saying a distraction-free environment yeah. where it's intentional communication. So what that means is the cell phones are turned off or they're put away. You tell the kids to go upstairs and get lost for a, a little <laughs> bit of time. Uh, you, you turn off the TV, you're not doing other activity and you're having one-on-one -on -one time. Four minutes a day. Four minutes a day. 
And so it's really, really easy to understand why is there so much tension in the relationship? Why is there so much frustration in the relationship? Why are so many people struggling in there? In fact, Dr. David May said this, love must be fed and nurtured. First and foremost, love demands time. So if we're only investing four minutes in communication, then love isn't really being fed and nurtured there, is it? So what that means is the reason there, there is a lack of feeling why they didn't, they didn't feel like the other person loved them is because there hasn't been the time yeah. spent on yeah. a regular basis to communicate. So real practically, what does that mean for us? It, it means that we have to create moments for that. In fact, Dr. Um, Dr. John Gottman, who is the foremost expert in marriage relationships in the entire world, uh, he's actually out of Vegas. He's done over 30 years of research, of, of real-time research on couples. In fact, their, their practice is so effective that they can watch a couple for 15 minutes and tell you whether that, that marriage is gonna survive and thrive or whether that marriage is gonna fail and then how long it will take for it to fail. And he said the number one factor in healthy thriving relationships is this friendship factor. And he defines what that means. He's like, there is a friendship level where, where, one, each, where each person, he, he calls each person is creating love maps in the relationship. And let me define what that is. It means that what they're doing on a daily basis is, is they're going to that person and they're asking open-ended questions to continue to discover and know who the person is. Because here's what I know. The person that I married in, in 2020, Shayla McCormick, is not the same person Shayla McCormick is in 2022. Like, you change, you evolve. Why? Because we are becoming more like Christ on a daily basis. We're renewing our mind on a daily basis. There are things that are changing and transforming in us. If we are Christ followers, we shouldn't be the same. We should be growing and evolving. Well, that means that I have to continue to get to know the person that I have committed my life to, and I'm going to do that through questions, through discovery, through wanting to know who she is. And in the same point, when I'm doing that, she is feeling the love because she's going, oh, this person wants to know me. They want to understand me. They want to see my feelings. They want to know how my day was. And so I'm doing that through some open-ended questions. And Parents, I think this is so important for you because I think there's, there's during the parenting years, I think it's so easy to lose track of connecting with your spouse yeah. and actually divorce statistics. There is an extremely high statistic when you get to year, like I think it's 25, 25 is because the kids are gone and I don't know this person anymore. And so I think there is some intentional communication that needs to be happening that is more than the four minutes a day where you're spending time getting to know that person so that when the kids are gone, you still have a relationship. Yeah. And so this is so important. I think a lot of times we can look around and we can um, see other relationships and we can be like, oh, I wish I had a relationship with like that. Or if I just had a husband like that, or if I just had a wife like that, it would be better. And we kind of have this, the grass is greener on the other side mentality. Like the grass is greener on the other side. But when reality is the grass is actually greener, where you water it. And a lot of people are just not watering the grass of their marriage. We're just kind of coasting through life and we're not being intentional. And we wonder why the grass is brown or it's difficult is because we're not taking the time to communicate regularly. 
You know, and TJ and I actually came up with some questions that we think people should be asking each other on a regular basis because here's what we've realized in relationships. People don't know how to communicate. We know how to say, hey, how was your day? Good. How are and you doing? Good. Fine. And that's the extent of the four-minute conversation. But if we were to begin to take some time to set aside 15 minutes in our calendar every day and we had some questions that we were asking one another that dug a little bit deeper, there's a, there's a watering that's happened in our relationship that allows it to grow and to strengthen. So we put together some questions we'll put up here. We think you guys should take out your cell phone, snap a picture, like take some time to actually, you know, couple of people are taking out their cell phones. Nobody yeah. wants to do this. this. Is, but here's, these are great questions because most of the questions are, are superficial questions that we ask or they're, they're, very, they're, they're not open-ended. So what these questions are is it's going to force you to talk. Like if we did nothing else as a family, right, as a family this week, what's, what's one thing you think we should focus on to accomplish the goals that we have as a family? Yeah. Like, so what is that? And then you go, so how do we do that? Yeah. What's one thing you're afraid of? Yeah. You know, like those, those things kind of build the depth. And if you, if you take time and you and maybe ask one question a day yeah. and you're each answering that, that's, you know, at least 15 minutes over four minutes. And you're like going a little bit deeper than the surface level questions that are allowing you to start conversations that allow you to, to grow together. Yeah. And I think that this is so important that we do this. It's one of the reasons why we talk about the rule of seven here all the time. And if you don't know what the rule of seven is, I, I, I'm just going to throw it out there again. It, it, it's based on this principle of every seven days, husbands and wives, you need to have a date night. You need to take and you need to keep the romance alive in your relationship. You know, we date to, to attract, but then once we accomplish, we have a tendency to coast. No, no, no. You need to keep dating your spouse. You need to keep, keep the pursuing. romance alive. Keep the fan interested. burning. Every seven weeks, you need to get away for a night without your children. I know that's so hard because we're very uh, child-centric families. But you know what? The children, here's the goal. The children are going to cleave and then leave. Leave and cleave. They're going to go. That's the goal. They're going to go. You, you don't want a 30-year-old still at your house. If you still have that, it's time for them to go. Uh, like, that's the goal is that they're going to leave you, and you're going to be stuck with the other person. So every, every seven, seven weeks, get a night away, and then every seven months, go on vacation. Vacation is without children. And here's what you need to do when you're on that. You need to ask three questions. We call this the marriage checkup. We try to do this uh, at least when we go away on that seven-week thing. Is, and here are the three questions. What's one thing I'm doing really well right now in our relationship? What's one area that I can do? What's one thing I can do to improve our relationship? Just one thing. Just one don't thing. Go don't go beyond that. We don't, don't need do to, we don't need to get a list. Like one thing. And then what's one thing I did in the last week or last little bit of time that made you feel loved? It's important to do. And I think here's the, here's the reason. This is kind of like an Oreo. Good, you know, something we can fix, and then something that's good. And I think it's important to talk about these good things, too, because it's like what gets rewarded gets repeated kind of thing. You know, when you know you're doing something well, I want to continue to do those things. But if we never talk about what we think we're doing well, and I'm just assuming, well, I'm killing it in this area, but he's going to give me something totally different that's making him feel loved, then I want to focus on that thing. And so I think it's important to have that circle of communication open so that you're doing the right things that are meeting the needs of, of 
your spouse or the other person. I think you can do this with your kids too. Like it's important to ask those questions to your kids so that you can continue to do the things that are making them feel built up and loved in the relationship. So we got to communicate regularly. Number two, we got to communicate effectively. Effectively. And and this, this is a big deal because talking and communication uh, are, are, are totally different things. A lot of us are talking, but we're not realizing in our talking what we're actually communicating because it isn't just what you say, it's how you say it's it. It's your body language, it's, you know, it's, it's everything, Yeah. I think. It's not just the words that you're saying, but how you're saying it with your body. If you're just sitting here like this or if you're scrolling on your phone while somebody's talking, that's not, that's not effective communication. And it's also like the tone in which you say stuff, how you say stuff. I mean, I can say to TJ, you're so crazy. I can say, you're so crazy. And there's a, a little difference. Aggressive. There's a difference in how it, it comes across in the tone that we use in those moments. You know, in Proverbs 18:21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, and I think there might be a lot of us in this room that the fruits that we're eating is kind of a rotten fruit because of the words that have been coming out of our mouth or how we've been saying stuff. And there's some of you guys that are, produ- you know, the fruit that's being produced is great fruit. And you're, you're eating of this good fruit that's being produced because you've used the right words to communicate with your spouse. And I think the last part of the scripture is so important is the fruit that you're producing is the fruit that of your, of your words and of your mouth and what you're talking about. Ephesians 4.32 says this, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. You know, I think this is such a foundational verse, and I think this is really easy to do with other people in our life, like our friends or our coworkers, but when it comes to our spouse and our family, sometimes we tend to just react and respond harshly a lot of times. And this is saying, listen, be kind to what, it's what you say. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Be tenderhearted, forgiving of one another. I'm gonna let you go into this next part. Yeah, I think one of the ways that Shayla and I have really found this out because there's, there's a lot of times that, that I have a tendency, and this is just, I think we don't realize how powerful our words are, and so we'll say something flippantly in a conversation or, or we'll just we'll, we'll put something react out there or we'll react in a certain way. And, and I know for, for me, there's a lot of times that I've said things that have hurt Shayla. And, and, a lot of, and what we learned very early on in our relationship is that, that when I did those things, she could just react in that moment and just go, I can't believe you did this. And, and the moment that she would do that, what did that do for me? It put me on the defense, which meant that I would just come back with an attack back. Because when you feel attacked, what do you naturally want to do? You want to attack back. Yeah. Because that's, that's how you defend. And, and so what we found very early on is like when I would do something, we would, she would take some time. She would, she'd get to a state where she was forgiving and, and in a state. And then she would come to me and she'd go, hey, TJ, I want you to know, listen, I don't think you meant to do this. But when you said so-and-so or this, this is how it made me feel. And when she did that, what it did is it gave me an opportunity to, to one, know how she felt. Two, it gave me an opportunity to go, well, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for it to come across that way. And if it did come across that way, I am so sorry. That is my fault. I did not recognize that. Or to go, no, 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 that's exactly how I meant it. 
and you just need to get some tougher skin. That's not really the right approach. No. Uh, but I think a lot of but, times what we do is we go in with like this kind of guns blazing mentality and I'm just going to tell him all the ways that, you know, he did this wrong instead of giving the benefit of the doubt, being tender hearted, being kind towards one another and going, I'm going to give you the benefit. I don't think you meant it this way, but I want you to know on the flip side, this is how I'm feeling. And it just gives so much room to have healthy conversation and to work through those things rather than just going in and accusing someone of something without giving them the opportunity to respond in a healthy way. And so I think it, it's, it's been huge for us. And I think if you guys can begin to apply, that'll make a big difference. Another thing I think that helps us to communicate effectively is to listen effectively. This is, this is a big deal, you guys, because I don't think any, many people are not good listeners. You know, a lot of times we listen to respond rather than listening to hear the other person. In James 1.19, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Come on, Come on, Come on guys. you got to, quick to what? They're listening so good and slow to speak. And slow to become angry. But I think a lot of times we do the complete opposite. We're quick to talk. We're quick to become angry. And we're really slow to actually hear what the other people are saying. Because I, I don't know about you, but I can, like, in a moment of tension, I can be listening in order to come, to, come up with a comeback that I'm going to come back at with whatever he's saying. And I'm not really listening to hear what he actually has to say. I'm listening to formulate a response. And I think if we can learn how to listen effectively, it can change everything. Because here's what we've realized in a relationship. You can either win the argument or you can win their heart, but you cannot do both. And if you're only listening to respond, you will never hear the true heart of what somebody's saying. And here's what I would ask you. What is your goal in the conversation? To hear or to be heard? Because there's a lot of people that are, that are listening in order to formulate something to come back instead of being an effective listener that goes, man, I want to hear what the true heart of this is. In Proverbs 18, 13, it says this, if anyone gives an answer before he hears, which means if you're formulating that response in your mind, if anyone gives an answer before he hears, it's to his folly and shame. Like there's going to be nothing produced in that conversation if you're not listening to hear what the other person has to say. And this is so important because in every, rela in every healthy relationship, there is going to be conflict. Yep. Like if your goal is, is like, and you think, well, I have a perfect relationship because we never fight. We never argue. We never have tension. You don't have a healthy relationship. No. You have a relationship where somebody is not telling you what's actually There's going no on. There's no trust. There is no trust because any, where there is conflict, there's trust. I have to trust you enough to have some conflict. Safe. And it, there has to be a safe environment where we can have some disagreements because we are two different people coming together to be one. And there is gonna be tension that is gonna be there that is gonna be, there's some tension that is never gonna be solved. It's gonna be managed. The toilet seat at our house is a tension we manage. It isn't a problem that's ever been solved. I fell in the other day. <laughs> we're still managing that tension. But, and, and so we have to know that there's going to be some things that like, man, there's going to be some rubs that like, that's just, that's your vantage point. That's my vantage point. We're trying to come together and we might not have it perfect, but we're going to, we're going to continue to work on this problem and know that eventually we're going to get to a point. It might not be solved today, but it's going to be solved at some point as long as we continue 
to communicate about it in a healthy, loving way. Yes. And I think maybe you've gotten to a point where you're communication is so tense all of the time and maybe it's time to go get some help or seek a counselor that can help you you know have have a what is it a mediator in the yeah. middle that helps you to communicate effectively you talked about this in some of the other services. yeah there's there's a counselor named Joel Murphy and uh, he said what's really interesting is a person that's having a heart issue will typically go see uh, will go to the hospital within six days of having a heart issue a person that's having a relationship issue will wait six years so if we'll wait six, why, why only six days to work on our heart? Why six years to work on a relational heart? If you're having trouble in your marriage, don't let it fester so long. When it goes six years, it's really hard to fix a problem yes. that has been manifest and has been built upon. And like if you get an infection and you just let it go, the longer you go, the better it doesn't get, the worse it gets. Right. Same yep. thing is true in your relationship. If you're having conflict that can't be resolved, that is creating so much tension in your relationship that you're not getting anywhere, get go help. get some help. There's no shame in that game. I think counseling is one of the greatest things that we've ever done, not only for our individual selves, but for our relationship. Mm -hmm. Yep, it makes, it makes a huge difference. But here's, here's what I've realized in life. You can go to counseling you can sit here and hear great tools on relationship. I mean, I think that what we're giving you in some of these questions and challenging you guys to communicate is great content. Or you can go read great marriage books or take the five love languages assessment. But at some point, it has to go beyond having the right information and the knowledge of what you have to do. And it has to move from the knowledge to actual application. Because it's not the knowledge that brings transformation. It's the application of the knowledge. And so at some point, we have to begin to apply these things that the counselors or the messages or the books are telling us. And that leads us to number three, which is you also have to communicate with your actions first john 3 18 says let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth like it, it, it can't just be man I, i'm gonna say all the right things or we're gonna come to these conclusions at some point it has to turn into an action in our life it has to it has it has to be a place where the rubber actually meets the road and we can't just keep talking about the same things we actually have to do something about the things that we're talking about in life and i realize that for some of you what's happened is is you've gone and you've 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 heard the conversation and you've gone and done it for one time and the other person didn't respond to your bid for love and you go well that doesn't work and so you quit I, I, I hear this and I watch this happen in relationships all the time. Well, I, I went and, and, and I did something. I brought her flowers one time and like she didn't throw everything off the dining room table and have sex on it with me. What's wrong? Well, you neglected her for the last 19 years. It's going to take more than bringing her flowers one time for her to see that action actually be actionable in your life regular communication well TJ I don't feel the love when I do those things and I've just learned that emotion follows motion the reason you're not having the loving feeling is because you haven't been acting in loving ways and if you'll begin to act in loving ways you'll begin to have loving feelings. 
for some of us, we've neglected loving ways for so long that you're like, I don't know that I could ever have loving feelings. And it reminds me of a story that I read from a psychologist. His name is Dr. Crane. And Dr. Crane specializes in a, a specialized therapy that he calls revenge therapy. And he had this woman that had been married for 20 years come to him and she said, my marriage is a mess. We've been married for 20 years and I feel neglected. I feel unloved. Like I've been shut down and rejected for so long in this relationship that I'm broken inside and I'm hurting and I'm angry. And more than anything, what I want is I want my husband to feel the pain that I feel inside right now. I want him to hurt the way that I've been hurting for the last 20 years. And Dr. Crane said, I've, I've got just a solution for you. It's called revenge therapy. Here's what I want you to do. You really want to make your husband pay? You want to make it so that he'll, he'll never be able to trust again in a relationship? You want to make it so that he'll never be able to experience love and affection? You want to, you want to mess him up psychologically for the rest of his life when it comes to his relational world? Here's what you do. She goes, give it to me. I'm, I'm ready. Whatever you're going to tell me to do, I'm ready to do it. He's like, here's what I want you to do. For the next two months, I want you to go home and I want you to love your husband like you've never loved him before. I want, when he gets home, I want you to greet him at the door and, and be so excited that he's home. Cook dinner, do the dishes, put the laundry away. Man, show up in lingerie, have the best sex that you've ever had. Like, get him so focused and so attached on your relationship. And then when it gets to two months, I'll call you up and you'll drop the hammer and say, we're getting a divorce and you'll just throw the papers out and you'll walk out and it will mess him up psychologically she's like I'll do it she's like I'll do it she, so she goes home and she gets prepared and she cooks dinner and she has it on the table and he comes home and she runs to the door and she greets him and hugs him oh I'm so glad that you're home and they go and they have dinner that they have the most incredible sex that they've ever had in his opinion and and and, and the next morning she wakes up and she's cooking him breakfast and he's like who is this woman and and she kisses him and sends him off to work and she prepares for the next and she does this every single day for the next 60 days and 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 Dr. Crane calls her up on the, on the final day. And he goes, are you ready? Are you ready to drop the hammer on him and mess him up? And she goes, Dr. Crane, I don't know what you're talking about. We just planned a 20-year cruise because of how in love we are. Man, as I started to do that, he started opening up to me like he's never opened up to me before. We started experiencing and knowing each other. And we are so madly in love. There's no way I'm breaking up with him. And he goes, it happens every time. Why? Because emotion follows motion. And some of us have just gotten the habit of going through the motions that have robbed all the emotion out of our relationships. And for us to communicate effectively, it can't just be with our words. It's got to be with what we do. You know, and there might be some of you guys in this room that your relationship is broken right now. And you're hurt. You've lost 
a lot of those feelings. Maybe you've lost hope that your marriage could be sustained or could be happy. And I think sometimes start over or just I'm just going to start again. I'm just going to start asking the questions. I'm just going to start acting in loving ways. And you just begin to, to, to flip the script and start doing it all over again. You guys, we serve a God that is a restorer. And I think if we can begin to put into practice these things that a lot of us have never done, we've never actually put into practice, we can see our relationships begin to transform. I think we can see our relationship with our kids, our friendships, our marriage relationships, if we'll just start doing these things. And so I want to say a prayer for everybody in this room today, that God would repair places that have been broken, that there would be hope that would be restored to relationships, that there would be peace that is present. So you guys bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I pray for every relationship present in this room. God, whether it's a parent-child relationship, whether it's a marriage relationship or friendships that have been damaged, God, I pray that you would just begin the restoration process. Lord, I pray that as we walk out of here today and we commit to putting these things in practice, God, that you would begin to restore our hope in our relationships, that you would begin to rebuild the things that have been broken. And God, as we commit to communicating, as we commit to moving forward in our actions, God, I pray that we would see a completely different result than we've ever seen. And that you would restore the things that the enemy has tried so desperately to rob us of. Lord, I pray that there would be a restoration of families, of marriages, of friendships that happen as we step out of this place today. God, I pray that Maybe some of them, some people in this room are struggling even in their relationship with you. And God, I pray that today that there would be a reset in that relationship. That you would restore their hope, God, that you can do what they never thought possible in their own life. And Lord, we just ask God that, that you would be present in every conversation and every relationship. And that we would walk out of here committed to doing the things that bring us to successful relationships. And it's in Jesus' name that we